Welcome to the Leap to Freedom Show, 30 minutes or less of inspiration and practical tools for those that want to make a big impact while living a life of health, wealth, and freedom. I'm Maria Condi. Let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone to the show. Today I have another guest with me who we're talking about having life your way and finding some life. And today I have Rachel Aiken with us and she is known as a minimum system strategist helping ambitious female entrepreneurs simplify their business so that they can more time profitable and scale. And who doesn't want that, right? So welcome Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. So let's just start out real simple. Give us a little bit of highlights of your journey about where we are today and we can have a conversation. So um, so purpose is a big thing for me and I think it's a really big thing for women in general. Mm. Um, it's something that I think I took for granted when I was younger. Um, like this idea of having a purpose and people talking about it like what are they on about you know I just want a career and I just want to get some money you know the two things and actually it's only now as I've got older that I'm actually I realized that purpose is really important to me the women around me like my friends sisters you know purpose is super important for us to really feel like we've got that place in the world and yes. that we're making a difference and I I was really lucky that I knew from a young age I knew like at the age of like five that I wanted to be a teacher I haven't always listened to that sense of purpose and and my journey kind of evolved where I wasn't really listening to it until there mm. was big like turning point <laughs> um yeah but as I realized then looking back now that there were really there were really key points where I need to listen to that yeah I've um we talked to you right before the show about purpose sort of being an evolution through our life too you know from a knew from a very young age what you wanted to do and that sort of evolved from there and what it looked like and how it showed up in your life yeah so um my mum always tells this story about how when I was five and I started school I was super excited to start school and I'd already learned my ABCs thanks to Sesame Street it had made its way over to the UK it was a big deal the teacher would help the kids who really were reluctant to be at school help her she would then bring the kids into the class whereas it was my role to sit on the carpet and teach the other kids who were already sat oh. down and ready to like just going through our alphabet and our numbers and things like that and that became my natural role and I think from mm -hmm. that point on I knew this is where I want to be I want to be a teacher I want to be helping as I got older I was not really sure and there was all these other amazing jobs that you can do yeah. so I was kind of like well I'm gonna keep my options open I came from, I come from a town, it's um, what we call here in the UK, an area of deprivation. So it's mm. not an amazing place to live. And um, the, the life chances there were pretty minimal. Um, so I knew from the age of about 14, 15, that if I wanted to do anything with my life that really had any kind of meaning, I needed to get out of town. Um, but then life happened, you know, um, so my parents divorced, you know, all that kind of upheaval that you can have as a teenager. And then at 17, I was kicked out of home. 
Um, actually like that sense of purpose then kicked in because I had two options. I could have gone down the route that quite a lot of other people in my peer group had gone down, which is I'll just get a job in the local city and just make ends meet. And instead I was like, no, this is it. Now I need. And so it spurred that kind of educational journey on. So then I was like, no, I ain't going to get my butt into gear and I am going to get some results and I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to university. My head, that was the only way of getting out. Yeah. Which isn't a bad way out. There could have been a worse no. way. <laughs> exactly. It's like the next natural step. And I was like, no, I want to be a teacher. I'm not going to do teaching. I'm going to learn, throw myself into history. That was, mm. that's my thing. And that's what I'm going to study. And then there's going to be all these opportunities open up because I'm going to just get my head down and focus. And that's what I did. So that sense of purpose at that point was extremely important, even though I'd kind of disregarded it. Mm -hmm. It was just something that just got me to the next level. Yeah, I can relate to that, too, because I ended up leaving the city I was born and raised in and came from not that, you know, that not real thriving sort of circumstance and the people around me would just go get you know average jobs which is okay right but I wanted to do something more and I ended up leaving you know moving across the country to Vancouver and I'm a CPA and did all those things at that point and I don't I didn't feel like I could actually do that where I was felt a little more stifling and uh, not as healthy a situation to live in versus and the city itself wasn't thriving as much as a larger and um, interesting enough I've just moved back to that city now 30 years later but it's a very different experience now and it's about purpose again but from a different angle and but you know getting out to get through some of that is what you need to do sometimes yeah it just opened up more opportunities like just thinking that there there is more for you know and and that sense of purpose was the thing that got me to really think about, well, what it, what else could I do? When I was at uni, I'd, I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to convert to law after I've done this. You know, I really thought of lots of different things. And then I fell into working at university instead. And, oh, okay. And working, and working with them, what we call here quality assurance and making sure that the degrees now were fit for purpose. Oh, wow. That the university was listening to the student voice and improving things and I loved that it was I felt like I was making a difference because I was helping helping improve things you know that That would make sense yeah yeah and and I still didn't feel ready to be a teacher so I'd so a few years later I moved I moved again I've moved you know a gazillion times you know here in the UK it's so small that you know there's opportunities everywhere so I decided that um, I was going to move closer to London because then I would have even more opportunities. Um, I got myself working into working on a government project, uh, which was all around kids who were in deprived areas who hadn't been to university, really encouraging them ah. and showing them that that going to university was a possibility. That wasn't a problem. And it was just it was really that sense of purpose was like, yeah, okay, I, I'm helping people now on a different level. Yeah. So I was doing project management and funding projects in the in the region that we were in outside London really make a difference. But there was still something missing. I was like, this is not quite right. So I did what any other crazy 25-year-old would do and <laughs> decide, I'm just going to move across halfway across the world instead. And um, applied for a British Council teaching job in China, oh, wow. um, 
moved to um, the biggest city in the western side of China, which is Chengdu, which is where the pandas come from. And I spent six months there teaching in a massive secondary school, teaching English and seeing a whole other side of the world um, to really see if, is this what I really want to do? You know, do I really want to throw myself into it? And I loved it. You know, I loved interacting with these teenagers who were interested and excited to hear about the other side of the world. They had yeah. really different ideas of what London was like based on stories that they've read. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And, you know, it probably sounds quite crazy and quite extreme that, oh, I'm just going to go and do this. But I knew that I needed to, again, escape to really get to know me at the same time and I think it's only now looking back that I kind of think well actually maybe I wouldn't have found that purpose if I hadn't been so extreme I'm going off on my own and going somewhere completely different to kind of prove to myself yeah I can do this I'm I'm capable of doing this but I'm also learning and developing into this teacher that I've always had. I really believe that you know drastic change like that or any small change really helps to um it, it opens you up right to yeah a whole new way. And I even teach people, you know, even if you're stuck in, you know, you're trying to write something or do something, rearrange your house, change everything around you, and it frees things up. And it's sort of an interesting, and on my bucket list, I have to live somewhere else for six, at least six months a year. Oh, in another country, somewhere, like somewhere else, right? And yeah. I've, uh, it's harder now that my daughter's in high school because those are harder, you know, when they're littler, yeah. it's easier to move them around. But in high school, it's everything's a little bit more stable. It's only a few more years away in university. And maybe take her with me like that too. Exactly. Like so, I came back and um, I then applied for teacher training. I moved to a completely different city again when I came back. So I'd stayed with friends for five months, got a new job in the city that I wanted to go to university to learn to be the best teacher that I possibly could. Because once I know that this is what I want to do, then I push myself to be the best at it you know and stupidly one of those type a's that can get super stressed and unfortunately that is what i did you know i say unfortunate because you know when i then threw myself into teaching i wanted to be the absolute best we had standards here where you were rated as teachers and you know you had all these um standards to meet once you, when you were doing your teacher training and then again in your first year of teaching to be fully qualified um and i knew that my career uh, my career path i decided you know at uni was okay i want to be a head of department in the next three years and i'd done it within a year I'd, i was in a school and i was like this is what i'm gonna do um and it was amazing you know i was training new teachers alongside my department to be outstanding they were getting amazing results I was, i'm amazing at this i met my husband when i was doing teacher training we were on the same course together and by that point we just got married and we were like okay we've been doing this for three years something needs to change he was in a school where there was going to be no progression and I said okay right well maybe it's time for us to reverse the roles see where you can get a job mm-hmm. um and he'd lived abroad before so um anything was on the table that's not a great feeling to just yeah and a lot of people get very afraid of that though too fear can kick in for a lot of people in that space 
It doesn't for me necessarily. Well, and my limitations are now that because I have a child that I need to go for yeah. the moment, right? But, yeah. you know, I was thinking about when I left where I live now, I moved to another city and then I moved to another city moving across the country, right? And I didn't think twice of it back then. I didn't even, I don't even remember having any fears or anything at all when I was no. in my early 20s. And, and that's, that's the beauty of life though. I think yeah. that especially when you're younger and particularly at the, I think looking back and looking at the moment that we're in right now you know is this scary world that's what we're being taught that actually I've had to really dig deep over the past few months and really think actually is this scary because in the context of some of the things that I have done this is not really that scary and I think it's only when you look back uh, when you are in a moment in time like this that you can realize that yeah actually there are bigger things you know Mm -hmm. going to Going to China where there are so many restrictions, you know, I had to make sure I always left the house with my um, ID card. And yeah. same as when we moved to Hong Kong, you always had to have it that, you know, these were underlying things that if I get stopped, I need to have my passport as well if I'm in various mm-hmm. places. So I need to take that out with me. But I also know the price of my passport is quite, you know, quite high, like on the black yeah. market. So yeah. this needs to be kept super sick can't let it leave attached to your physical body yeah yeah and so they just became the norms um you know again when my husband my husband then got a job in hong kong brand new school a boarding school it was going to be the first in the in in hong kong and so um he got the job and then six weeks later we found out that i was pregnant and so this it was really interesting because lots of our friends and family were like you can't do this you can't you can't go and move halfway across the world you know it's like six thousand miles away you can't move that far away and and have a baby how are you going to do that and something just kicked in and i was like okay it's just moving across the world people across the world have babies too you know it's not Mm. just people in the uk you have babies they have hospitals this is not this is not something to be scared of and when we left i was 25 weeks pregnant yeah threw myself into finding the healthcare and getting to the hospital and all the other things yeah just do what you need to do when you get there right and exactly and was there some limitations on citizenship of that child when they're born in so luckily that's a really good question yeah because that's the first thing that came to my mind it's like okay (laughs) where is that child a citizen of then right so exactly so in hong kong um because it was under british rule until Mm -hmm. Uh, 1980 um, and then they had with the handover which you know is a big deal at the moment because I'm seeing things like that that are going on at the moment there was this oh my goodness is my child going to be classed as if yeah. so they're going to be they're going to have to go for national service they will get mm-hmm. called up and then they're like so it's like but because of the time that we were living in, so this was eight years ago um we could apply for British citizenship for um, our child so my children have a Hong Kong birth certificate and a British birth certificate okay. and they are a British citizen um, because both me and my husband were born in the UK so okay. they're naturalized so that's fine the only time it's going to get really tricky is if either one of my children gets married to somebody who was born outside of the UK but has but is a British citizen in the same way that they are okay that's when the gray area kind of kicks in about their children okay interesting. So, like my grandchildren so you know that's way down the line i haven't got to worry about that and things can change by then too right you exactly. think 20 years from now 
yeah. what's that going to mean right so yeah this is a global world yeah you know globalization is a big thing we've seen that the world is a small place so i yes. think in 20 years time 30 years time whatever the rules will be very different yeah but you know so that's and even that is not a concern because it's like well we're just on this adventure yeah um and we came back uh when we came back okay we came back two years later and i had two children by then so I had an 18 month old and one month old moved back to the uk and since then we've moved around a lot more but in that point i realized that actually going back to work a teacher may not work but i wanted to give it a go i i really missed you know that be at that point being in a classroom and making an impact yes. i guess that, that that's what i was here to do is to make an impact on these kids and i got some part-time jobs and then i went back to work full-time and it was a disaster <laughs> um and actually it was three years ago this week that I handed in my notice on teaching um, on my teaching role and it was because my head of department had asked me if I wanted to step up and become head of department uh. and that question right there was like okay it really made me question where I was going I was mm. getting up um, early half five in the morning to get ready to go to work my kids at this point were three and four I'd drop them off at the babysitter at seven o'clock mm. in the morning for them to take them to school, I would pick them up at half past five. So, you know, they were so little. They had all the reading and things that they needed to do. And I'd be getting home going, right, come on, we're going to come in and we're going to have our dinner. And then we're going to sit and do some reading. And then you've got to go to bed because we've got to be up at six. You need to be able yeah. to leave, be able to be dressed and ready and have your breakfast and everything. So you can go to the sitter. And it, I'd got a term in. And I was like, this is horrendous. This is mm -hmm. awful. I am turning into this mum that I don't want to be. And I think because of the being kicked out, because of just issues with my mum, I'd made this decision myself that if I was going to have children, that I was going to be a mum who was present and a mum who was available and not a shouty mum, not a stressy mum. As yeah. much as I could control <laughs> of this yeah. always stressing yeah. moment. I wasn't going to then put the pressure on so then I'd end up becoming this monster of a mother. And so I, it was a decision not that I made for my children. And I tried to make this really clear to like women in my community that I made this decision not for my children. I made the decision to leave teaching because I couldn't do either job very well. I wasn't mm. being a very good mother. Um, and I wanted to be this, I had this idea of the mum that I wanted to be, but also I wanted to have this amazing career. I wanted, I wanted to be head of department when she asked me, I wanted to say yes straight away, but I was already under pressure for, you know, and the marking done and all the other things that all these other things that you have to do on top of teaching, you know, it's not just yeah. that straight, beautiful I walk in at Hubbard State and I teach from nine till three and then I go home. Which yeah. Unfortunately, like here Doesn't in the UK, happen, yeah. that is, yeah, but people yeah. seem to think that's what yeah. happened. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to figure this out, but I want to be successful in my own right. want to do that teaching, but I'm just going to put it on hold. I was like, maybe I'll just put it on hold for like a few they're bigger. Um, and I think, you know, as, as mums, it's really... My husband doesn't have the same pressure. Oh, like, right. It's not the same. I, I would love for it to be the same and to say that it's an equal thing. But I think there is still, no matter how far we've come in yeah. women's equality, that 
it's not quite right. You know, I, I got asked in my, how are you going to manage being a mum mm. and, and teaching? And men and never get asked response, that question. Exa- and that was exactly my response. If I was a dad, would you be asking me that question? Yeah, absolutely. And the guy, the guy interviewing me. It was the guy like, interviewing. <laughs> and, I was, and he was just kind of like, and I said, and actually legally, you're not allowed to ask me that question because you have to ask exactly the same questions to every single yeah. person. So I don't actually have to answer that. And I did kind of feel that I'd let myself down at that point when I handed my notice in because I was like, yeah, I can do this. But it was just about this is the life that I'm living. I have a purpose. The purpose is that I'm all to be a mum. Yeah. I've made. Um, and so, yeah. And then I fell into this online world because I didn't want to just be a stay at home mum. You know, no offense to people who are stay at home mum. You know, there's some women who are like totally amazing. But I had got to this point where I was just like, I'm made for more. Like there's mm. there's more to me than yeah, just totally. being at home, doing the housework, meeting up with other mums for coffee. I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> and and it just wasn't for me. So I started to look at all the different things that I could do. I, I you know, I had this abundance of skills and I was like, yeah. there's gotta be something that I can do. So I started off as a virtual assistant. Um, which I know that a lot of women do start. That's a very common starting spot for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, because I didn't really, I couldn't really see anything equivalent. You know, there wasn't anything jumping out at me. Um, and in the UK, we're about five years behind of you guys over in America and Canada. You know, you guys are just that little step ahead. Mm -hmm. And I came across this term online business manager, um, which was set up in Canada. Um, and and I was like okay I could do this too I can manage projects I can measure you know I I can do all of this stuff that's what I want to go towards and so rapidly within six months I'd become an OBM and I had OBM clients um which which was amazing I then became a certified OBM which you know is where there's like 200 of us in the world who oh, cool. are certified. So it's like quite a nice, neat, little, lovely community. Um, so then I could then be the best at yeah. what I decided to do. Uh, but again, like last September, it all kind of started to snowball. And I was like, no, this is not right. You know, I'd spent the whole of the summer working rather than being with my kids. And my husband is a teacher too. So... I'd hardly seen any of them. And I was like, no, this purpose thing crept up again. And it was like, okay, I'm really missing something. What am I missing? I'm missing that interaction. I'm missing that teaching element. And so I completely pivoted. So um, I reduced my client roster. I kept one one client on and really started to explore about what I could do and what I could offer. And I started to look at the women who I worked with. So the clients that I'd worked with were these amazing coaches, these seven, six, seven, eight figure businesses. Um, but they'd all got some, certain things wrong mm. in their business, which is they'd got me in too late as an yeah. online business manager. And there was a lot of mess behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, Especially in the online the- world, because it's just so, there's so much going so fast all the time that. Yeah. To have all the ducks in a row in the background often doesn't happen. Exactly. Um, and I knew I didn't really want to be a coach. I was I can do more than coaching. Coaching is not quite the right label for yeah. what I wanted to do. 
And so I started to think about it and I was like, okay, I've, I can really help these women at an earlier stage. I can help women who have taken that risk, who, you know, maybe have quit their, their high flying careers because it was, you know, the balance wasn't there. Maybe, you know, I, I suffered really badly from stress and anxiety when I was there because I wanted to do this amazing job and I knew it was impacting these teenage humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put a lot of pressure on myself and, and I was like, this, it wasn't good for me health wise. I was like getting up early, going to bed late, burning the candle yeah. at both ends. It just wasn't working. And so I wanted to build that into this business where I would, that freedom and flexibility to be with my kids when I wanted to be, but yeah. also then teach women that actually you can have this amazing, flexible business. You've got to be willing to like up sticks and move. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which is i know yeah and then that i know this is like completely like singing to what what you say and and do and everything that you teach but i was like okay how can i get that teaching element in and that is now what i do i now teach women the system and the Mm. strategies that they need once they're already established so after they've already taken that leap to really firm it up because yeah i don't know about you but you kind of get to like a couple of years in and you're like, is this really what I should? This is still mm-hmm. quite hard. I've pivoted building- a few times over my time, right? And yeah. because I do have some systems in the background, because that's sort of my background too, it makes yeah. it a little bit easier too. So if you pivot, it's like, okay, but all these other pieces are sort of in place. And so it's helped me um, make those changes. When- and, and I think that's, that's really important. It's having the right systems in place gives you that flexibility. It's knowing when to bring on a team member. Yeah. So then you're not doing it all yourself, but making sure that you're not overstretching yourself. You're not getting into amazing amounts of debt because you're panicking about what to do next. Yeah. You know, or that whole understanding and experience, because there does come a point where you're like, maybe it just would be easier to go back the corporate world. Yeah. You know, my husband said to me a few weeks ago, do you just want to go back into teaching? You know, (laughs) you've been doing this a while. Do you want to do that? And I was like, no. No. And and I really thought that I would question it. And I was like, no way. He said, why not? And I went, I would never see you. I would be super stressed Mm. all the time. Our weekends wouldn't be our own. I'd be catching up on work. It would be no fun. This is not what life is. Yeah. Life is not here for the stress and and the yes it's hit you know you have to still work hard but I want it to be on my own terms not somebody else dictating absolutely Um, and I really feel like having that sense of purpose I think the biggest journey throughout all of this has been your purpose does not need to be specific so I know Mm. we were talking just before we came on and I said to you teaching doesn't have to be standing up in the front of a class yeah teaching a group of kids Absolutely. It can be now, you know, technology is now this amazing thing that means that I'm having a conversation with you when it's lunchtime here in the UK, first thing in the morning where you are in Canada. And, you know, we, we probably, well, we, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for yeah, technology. Exactly. We wouldn't be bumping into each other in the streets. You know, our bubbles are now a lot bigger and we now have this massive opportunity to make our purpose be whatever we want it to be because there are now these bigger opportunities absolutely 
that's a perfect place to end our segment on that. I love it. Um, I like that, you know, about the purpose is um, it can show up different ways too, right? So it's the underlying yeah. is always there, but what you're doing with it could be different. Being okay with that. That is yeah, perfect. Definitely. Well, I usually talk about um, just, you know, a, a moment for people to get to know my audience a little bit. So I'm only going to ask you a couple questions because we've been talking yeah. quite a bit today. Um, but one of my biggest questions that I love asking people is about books because I am such a, a reader and edu like I, I always, a lifelong learner, right? I always want yeah. to, I've got usually six or seven books on the go. <laughs> but is what, what is one of your favorites that you're reading right now that you'd like to share with me? Oh gosh. Okay. This is a really tough question because there, there are so many books. I know, I'm right? always reading business books. Um, I like you, you know, that is my switch off as well. I read for pleasure as well. So, um, but my, my favorite book is probably not actually, yeah, it is related to purpose. So, um, I have a number of books behind me, uh, but one of the best books that I've read, particularly for women about understanding your purpose and, and listening to that inner self, inner self when you are, when you make that first leap is She Means Business okay. by Carrie Green. Yeah. So of the Female Entrepreneur Association. So yes, like I love Profit First and you know, that's, a, that changed my business. Yes. But to really, the one that really got in my head that stays in my head is She Means Business by Carrie Green. Okay. Because that's, she talks about her journey and as women, I think we really appreciate listening to people's journey and seeing other people, how they created their business and went up. And, and it is, it's such an honest account of how she had a membership. She wasn't charging for it because she didn't, she should be charging more for working with her. And, and look where she is now, goes right? into a whole yeah. other conversation. But yeah, now she's got this amazing community and she, you know, yeah. she has this amazing business. I was, I belonged to that association for quite a few years, actually. Yeah. And, and it's a global thing that she, she started her yeah. little office. I, I want women to have more of this too. And I just really love that. So yeah. that is probably one of my favorites. Awesome. Now, my other last question for you, I have two last questions. Um, do you have yes. a favorite quote? Uh, yes, I do. So my favorite quote is, um, so the, I don't know, if, well, you've probably seen it, but um, the Dalai Lama was at the Vancouver Peace Summit yes. in September 2000. And he said that if women are to save the Western world, mm -hmm. we, that, the world will be saved by Western. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, some people may call me a feminist. And I really, but he goes on to say, we need more effort to promote basic human value, human compassion, human affection. And in that respect, females have more activity. And I really love that we now have that opportunity as women, that we are building these businesses outside of these male dominated yeah. tree type offices. And that actually, I'm hoping that the more women who do this, it will start to subtly Shift the change world. Yeah. the world. And I really love that. I, I think that that's one of the best. Quite. I love it. Perfect place to end our segment today. And the last question I have is where can people find you online? Okay, so the best place um, to find me is on Instagram. Okay. Um, at Rachel Aiken Official. Um, I do have a Facebook group as well, um, which is just about to change because I'm working with a Facebook group specialist, but it, it's called Get Your Shit Together. 
um, society because that's basically what I help people do is to yeah. get this get their stuff together. I love it. And those will be in the show notes too for the, for the listeners to get. So that's perfect. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking today and I really appreciate you. And um, thank you listeners for listening in today and we will see everyone next week. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome.